You're listening to the Casual Swinger Podcast. As your hosts, we need to warn you that the material you're about to hear may be sexual or explicit in nature. This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Now, we don't expect you to act like adults. What's the fun in that? We're a married couple living in Florida with over 13 years of experience in the lifestyle, and we take almost nothing seriously. Casual Swinger is a variety show, meaning we'll cover everything from music to events, travel, and even the occasional hilarious screw-up. Our show is about entertainment. We're not licensed professionals. Had anything. And our stories, commentary, and guidance should not be confused with the opinions of a licensed professional. Now that you know, let's take those pants off and get comfy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Casual Swinger. My name's Mickey. And I'm Mallory. And you guys might notice something a little bit different this time. We're we're doing things that we're shaking it up. Shaking shit up. Yeah. I, I didn't get to say it like. And I'm Scott. (laughs) Don't worry, you'll get your turn. (laughs) You know, if this was not a video podcast this time, you would be invisible right now. No one would know you were here. This is totally different. New territory for us. Oh, extremely new territory for us. So very different. If you guys have noticed, it's our first video podcast we've ever done for you guys. Inspired by our friends that are joining us here for this episode. The beautiful Scott and April. Well, beautiful April and Scott. Thank you. From Naughty Jim. Thank you. So, thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah. Here in Nashville, Tennessee, by the way. <laughs> Dynamite comment, baby. Yeah, that was insightful. Oh, yeah. Definitely, you know, more of that. That's all right. I am really excited to be here. No, this is a good time. So we're going to talk. So today's episode is a little different. We're not going to break it up with our typical segments that you guys are used to. So we're not going to do an intro and then get into the meat. And we're not going to do Whiskey of the Month this time because it's the first of the month. So this is just going to be a little different. So hopefully you guys will enjoy it. We're talking about blurred lines today. Ooh, what does that mean? Well, blurred lines. So in the lifestyle, characteristically, when people think about the lifestyle, hear about the lifestyle, whether you go back to the days of Studio 54 and Plato's Retreat and places like that, that, you know, had this connotation of key parties and meaningless sex. I think that a lot of people still have that idea of the lifestyle. I'm sure it's still incorporated into the lifestyle as well. Some people's strategies and preferred play styles. Yeah. Bedpost notchers, belt notchers, people like that. I mean, and I mean, that that also has a negative connotation to it, right? Yeah. So when we thought we were talking about the lifestyle and having a negative connotation, there are those of us, and I would count, I think the four of us among them that need a little something more to really be connected and enjoy the lifestyle and have, and, and some might call that emotional. Some might call that personal. Some might call that poly. So we're going to talk about that today, but before we get to all of that, we're going to talk a little bit about our Hedo trips because we have a Hedo trip that's coming up pretty soon. You guys have a Hedo trip that just finished up in January and another one coming next January. So we're going to talk about that because we had such a fucking good time on your trip that we want to talk about a little bit. It was amazing. Well, and we'll be on your trip in a little under a month. I think. 30 days. Yeah, exactly. Today. Exactly 30 days out. I'm so glad you said that we are thrilled to have you guys there and help host this group it's going to be a great time it's going to be a little different than what we experienced in january but it's one of those like different but wonderful at the you know what i mean well we're looking forward to seeing you guys have so much experience at that resort so we're just looking forward to seeing you in your element because i know you guys have been (laughs) doing this for a while and we've heard that your parties are epic (laughs) well and i hope this comes off as humbly as i mean it 
if I were you guys, I would be excited about having us there as well. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Humbly. This is Scott, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly, you know, we're like, oh my God, our trip is finally complete. Scott and April, we're going to be right. <laughs> Mostly Scott, but you know, yeah, April's icing on the cake. How is it you avoided to burn your head, avoided burning your head for 11 days at Hedo? You know, I didn't get hardly any sun. And I don't know how. I've... It's because I bought SPF 75 and didn't tell him. Okay. I was hoping he would say Smart. like he had thighs over his head the whole time or something. <laughs> and we were there 14 days and I barely got sun. That's right. Because you got delayed getting home. Yeah. 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 It was ice Good storms. Time. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You poor yeah. bastard. You had to stay at Hito for yeah, another three tough. days. It was tough. But you know, look, we do this for the community and we make sacrifices. <laughs> oh, and deep sacrifice. <laughs> right. Deep, deep, hard sacrifice. <laughs> hard sacrifice. <laughs> so d- tell us a little bit about your trip what is it called when is it how many rooms do you have is it a takeover what kind of things do you do i know we've talked about it a bit but i don't think anybody tells your story as well as you do so Amen. one of you shoot your pick whoever talks more i'll start so <laughs> be better at being bad 2025 the second coming c-u-m-m-i-n-g <laughs> Yeah, something like that. (laughs) That was actually Scott's idea. Well, accidentally. Anyway, go ahead. But it's essentially a sexual health and wellness retreat at Hedonism Resort. So it's January 4th through the 11th, 2025. And tell a little bit about the things. Well, yeah, I mean, so last year or this a month ago was our first time ever doing it. And it's still, we try to have all the parties and things that Hedo is famous for, but we wanted to incorporate some educational uh, stuff we wanted it to be something that when you left you weren't just tired from partying all week you also had tools for your toolkit to make the rest of your lifestyle journey a little bit better so we had great presenters from all over the world come in to talk about things as maybe generic as jealousy and handling emotions in these situations but also things like butt play and how to give a better blow job so it was a mixture of a little more vanilla stuff and some more x-rated kind of things as well and next year, or well, I guess this coming up year, a lot of the presenters are coming back for awesome. year two. That's yeah, nice. there's a few that won't be able to make it, but the majority of them will be coming back. And then we've got some new special things that we're going to add this year. You know, you always learn from the first year what to and not to do and what kind of lean in and what to like pull away from. And so we've got some really great ideas how to make this year even better than last year. Right. So how many sexual favors do I have to offer you personally to get us invited back? So you're already paid up. (laughs) (laughs) Later tonight. Yeah. So we are excited that you guys are joining us. You guys, we got rave reviews from you guys, from all of the attendees, because you DJed, you emceed, you were like gold star VIP hosts giving tours and like you guys were everywhere. I don't think you slept the entire week. You were probably more tired than we were. We do tend to duplicate like gremlins on the property. <laughs> but it was amazing, you guys. Yeah. And so we're proud that you guys are going to join us again. And but, we are really excited to be at your event. And we knew we needed help. We're, we haven't been to Hito that many times. I think this was our fourth trip. And we knew that was a hole you guys could fill, pardon the pun. But what we didn't expect, or at least not to the level that we got it, was the incredible interplay and interactions that you guys are capable of with the guests. I mean, all week long, we kept hearing people come up to us and say, Hey, look, they've been phenomenal. They've taken care of us. They've been fun. They, all of these rave reviews. 
we knew you guys were good people, but we didn't know each other, all of us that well at that point. And so we knew you knew your shit, but we also, but we didn't know how you were going to be on. And and look, I mean, we were blown away by the care and professionalism that you showed to the guests there. And and you didn't have to do that. That was something that you just Mm -hmm. did out of the kindness of your heart. And we appreciate it. Yeah. What's amazing really is in this, the lifestyle community or the sex positive community, meeting other influencers or that are are also growth minded like you have a message for your listeners we have a message for our listeners but a lot of those listeners are the same yeah they are and That's so point, yeah. if we can educate these people i mean it just unifies the community as a whole and causes it to grow sure and so we have the same end goal so working together just felt easy it really was. I don't want to say the word synergy because I think that is the like number one anti. Like, that will literally get you hurled out of a boardroom <laughs> anymore. But I, I think we just complement each other so well. and But we also have a lot of the same goals, like you said. And I think putting the people first, you know, scaling that. You guys have done events before Hito. So it's not like it was your first time walking into an event of a large scale because you've been doing it on, in your vanilla life as well as in the lifestyle. Yeah. And you know how hard that is when you don't have someone in your corner to help you touch and execute on certain things that you have planned. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we could be there for you to help. I, I was actually blown away. And I say actually, and I actually mean it this time. And a lot of times when you say actually, you're, it's an insult. You don't like, it you're is. like, fuck. I, I that is, those are fighting you. words in our house. They are like, <laughs> yeah. actually, honey, that was a good idea. Never say that to your wife, folks. Trust me. But when I say that, I, I, and I, I think I said this on our last episode where we talked about it, I did not give you guys enough credit. And I apologize for that. But I'm going to own it and say mm-hmm. that, you know, I did, I figured, and this is kind of goes back to what I was thinking when you were talking just now about our crossover of our listeners and our ethos. So our show has been described fairly aptly by some of our listeners as infotainment. We do share information, but we, our intent is to be entertaining. It should be fun. It should be engaging. If it's not, and I don't know why the fuck you're still listening, but here we are. But at the same time, we're not here to preach. We're not here to teach you how to swing. We're not here to teach you how to be a swinger. That is not what we do. We are here, however, and if one person says to us, hey, Mallory, hey, Mickey, you know, I didn't know about that. And now I have questions. That's a good thing. Because a lot of times in life, you don't know what you don't know. And when you start to find out how much you don't know about a subject, all of the sudden it becomes interesting. Or I have questions now because now I'm aware of it or I understand it better. And I think that's something that we strive to do on Casual Swinger. And it's something I've seen people doing as part of Naughty Gym and Be Better at Being Bad Week. What do you think about that, honey? Yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah, it's definitely, I I think that's kind of our our goal. Now for you guys, you know, that's, you definitely opened my mind. I saw a lot of things and a lot of conversations I never expected. Yeah, I mean, because we were introduced to effectively a new genre. You know, when you talked about sexual wellness and, and fitness, I mean, we know you guys as Naughty Gym. So I'm like, well, what's that, that clientele look like? And are we going to be able to serve them to the degree we're accustomed to? Yeah. And it turned out like we met some of the most incredible people <laughs> on property, which actually sings true. If there's a commonality about going to Hito any time of the year, you're going to meet some amazing folks there, no, yeah. no matter when you go. There's just something about the ability to bond with them. But... Well, and there was it a, absolutely blew me away at what was provided. And it seemed in seven days is a long time, but it's not. No, no, it went so there fast. Was so much that was packed into seven days. Oh, yeah. And I, I also want to thank you guys for the trust you put in us. Again, you did, we didn't know each other all that well. 
I mean, you know, you knew who we were and you knew that we knew a lot about the property and we've been there a billion times, but that you didn't know what we were up to or, or how, you know, how we do things. And what I love about Scott in particular, I'm going to blow his head up a little bit is we, you know, I worry when I'm there because I am a big personality and I wear my big hats and I'm extremely visible for other leaders that we work for. Sometimes it's hard to have a personality as big as mine. So I try to mute it and I try to dial it down and I try not to be as big or as visible to let you have the light because you own it. It's your brand, your name. And Scott looked at me, and was like, just do what you do. <laughs> he's like, just go nuts. Right. And that took confidence uh, and trust yeah. that a lot of people maybe don't have. So I was really impressed by that. With you. Yeah. Well, yeah. we told all of our presenters and host, well, when we were talking to presenters, when we were planning, we said, we don't want to tell you what to speak about. You're an expert in this field. Do what lights your fire, what sparks joy in you, because people will see that. And that was the same for you guys. We didn't want you coming in feeling like we had to temper you down and like we wanted who you are at the core to shine through because that's what people are drawn to. Yeah, yeah that's going to be the best version of you. And if we don't like it, we just don't invite you back next year. <laughs> there you go. I can, I can promise you I heard no less than three or four times that week is he said, Scott said I could. Because <laughs> she kept telling me, she's like, hey, 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 too much. Let's, let's bring it's it not back. Our it's not our group. Uh, Scott said I could. Yeah, Scott yeah. said I could. It's you, okay. You, you can't shackle him. You got to let, you gotta let no. him fly. He's a Mustang. <laughs> He's let a peacock. Let him fly. <laughs> Just let my mane flew in the wind. <laughs> and damn if we didn't. That is a really good time. But one of the things I think I love the most about Be Better Being Bad Week is, and, and this is going to sound really narcissistic, and I don't mean it to, but it reminded us of our week and on steroids in a couple of ways. But it did remind- the actual kind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not actual steroids. No, right. Not, uh, no. it's, it's our week, not on Molly, on steroids. But it, it really did blow things up for us and say, hey, wait a minute, this model that we've been toying with, which is to bring- our podcast style of infotainment to Hito, you brought the edutainment to Hito. Yeah, very much so. You really did make it a retreat. And that always made me nervous because we talked about the inherent nature of this place, especially for repeat offenders. So going against the grain, I knew there'd be some challenges there, but I was very interested to see. And I was, it was very welcoming as a vet that has been going so long to see something different happen on property and see it embraced. That was cool. Well, and there were challenges to that. Obviously, yeah. and, and, but and challenges for us and the team and then challenges from the resort, too, because for them, it was something different. Mm -hmm. And there were hiccups along the way, nothing major and probably nothing anybody that were that was attending noticed, but was great feedback for us to know how to do it better next mm -hmm. year. And, you know, the resort hedonism was incredibly gracious and professional in working with us, trying to change a little bit of what they do on a day to day basis just for that week. And that's not easy for them because what they do works. And to have somebody come in that's a newbie like us and to try to change things shows a lot of foresight on their part and a lot of willingness to risk, you know, they have a model that works and why toy with that, you know, but they did and, and things turned out well, I hope. I think they're amazing. And I think you're going to find out. So our plan, correct me if I'm wrong, is to sell this fucker out next yes. year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it's been very encouraging because there's already been a lot of rooms sold mm -hmm. for next year and we didn't sell the first room last year until like March and there's already a lot of rooms sold this year. So yeah, it's going to sell out this year and we're excited about that. But uh, you guys, 
you don't have rooms left either. No, we're sold, sold out, out too. <laughs> yeah. We sold out the resort in April. Yeah. If we, you can believe that. Yeah, we yeah. yeah, we sold out the we also sold out our catamaran cruise, which is something we're known for a week ago. Yeah. Which we usually have a few spots left by the time we get on wow. property. We're usually so selling crazy. seats on the cat on the beach. Yeah. And yeah. We're done. And this is a week that's typically not sold out. Ever. You know, ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. They've never sold out that week as far as I know. So yeah. and we sold the fucker out. Well, and, and we are excited about going to that one because although we're going to be on your team and working with you. Oh, you're going to have we're gonna We're going to get to relax a little bit more on this one than we, than we did on yeah. ours. Yeah. yeah. You'll see me go racing by. You'll oh. see just a giant top hat and an ass. I, I, I didn't have an opportunity. One of my favorite roles that I get to play when we're on property is muse. Oh. And I just, I love sprinkling the little happy fuck dust and like sending people off fuck on their way dust. to have the best time. <laughs> we need fuck to dust, get you huh? a costume. <laughs> I do have a plethora of edible glitter. I'm just going to go ahead oh. and drop that out okay that's right okay everybody hands over your drinks around mallory because she's got fuck dust and she's putting it on everything or leave it open maybe into that yeah i'll take some of your fuck everybody a little extra fun right i i am so excited about casual swinger week mostly because i have never in my life and i've been going to hito more than half of my life at this point i've been going to hito and I'm old as fuck, apparently. But and look, I'm not that old. Look at me. See, you can see me now. It's true. I'm not that fucking old. But I've been going since I was pretty young. And I've never seen a group chat, a pre-group, the pre-trip chat, take the brick off wow. the way. The, unbelievable how our chat group is. These are the horniest people I've ever met. And I check it every day and coming in and I'm like, oh my gosh, 152 notifications. And I have to, I got a privacy screen, FYI, for anyone that's going on this trip that's listening because of you guys. That's because I'd open the chat and there'd be some super sexy photos and I'm in the public's checkout line. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, I too have that screen because I like porn. Yeah. <laughs> it's that is a good sign, though, that you're going to have a super engaged community when you get to Hito. That's exciting. Yeah. And we it's did an episode called A Family is Born because of these type of people. And a lot of them are repeaters, right? Well, I think we're almost a little less than half the newbies. Yeah. This trip that have yeah. never been to Hito or never been to Hito with us. Oh, yeah, that's, that's going to awesome. be so fun to watch yeah. them experience yeah. Hito for the first time. There, there's a point of pride there for me as a longtime Hito vet. You know, Keto has the highest return customer rate of any resort in the Caribbean by a lot. I mean, it's not even close. And I know why. I, I always tell people there's magic in the sand. The relationships you create at Hito are visceral. The relationships that last a lifetime. You tell things people that you met at Hito after knowing them for six months that the people that have known you 15 years don't know. There's just something special about the relationships that are forged in that sand. But Hito's really just a hotel. The people make Hito what it is. And I've never seen a group of people become a family in one trip before Casual Swinger Week the first time. And they've done it now and we're not even in the sand yet. So maybe the sand isn't the magic at all. Maybe it's them. Yeah. Yeah. So and you so we're provide really them a space to be authentic and connect. Yeah, there's that. So. This is about that time where we would normally dip out of here and uh, come back with the meat of the episode for you guys. But since we're all here together and we're videoing it and just kind of doing our thing, we're going to jump right into it, which means you're going to have to wait to hear Mallory tell you how to find us till later. 
Yeah, I have to practice that again because I'm still out of practice. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that's my job. But for anybody that's maybe fast forwarded or just tuning in or do want to hear all the shit about Hedo, we are here with Naughty Jim, Scott and April. And we're going to talk about blurred lines between swinging and polyamory. And some people have called it things like Swally, which I kind of think is a ridiculous name. That'll be hard for me to remember. Yeah. yeah but also, I've always called it Polylight. Right. And maybe if we should have stolen someone from Expansive Connections to sit on this with us so they could tell us how wrong we are. But I really do. And by the way, they didn't do that. I'm not taking a shot at Expansive Connections. I'm just saying they're smarter than <laughs> we I. We love them. Yeah, we love those people. But uh, I mean, obviously, we're a lot smarter than they are. So we don't need them it's here. It's clear by looking at us, right? You're <laughs> yeah. the best hype man I've ever had. <laughs> I mean, mostly for yourself, but like. Sorry, Catherine. Hard. Yeah. Just if he can help hype himself up. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So I'm going to shut the fuck up and let somebody else talk. And why don't you guys, you know, kind of give us your perspective. Obviously, are these blurred lines, is are, is it possible to have an emotional connection, a genuine emotional connection in a lifestyle relationship and it still be lifestyle? First, can we start by defining what the difference is between swinging and poly? Well, I think that's part of the problem. I actually <laughs> tried to research some of this and there, of course you did. And there's no accepted clinical definition or defining line where a thing becomes poly or moves from the swinging world to the poly. world. In fact, there's no, ex really no clinically accepted definition of poly. What, what's polyamorous? What, where does a thing become polyamorous? I, I do know for us though, well, I should. I think I'm speaking for us. Correct me if I get anything wrong from Oh, she will. Your vantage point. Yeah. <laughs> I got you, boo. We started out as we were getting into the lifestyle or, or wanting to explore consensual non-monogamy. We, we said, look, we don't even want to know the people's names. We just want to go to a party, find the hottest people that are willing to have sex with us, have sex, and then go about our business. And because we were scared of, we don't want to form emotional connection. We have this great relationship. We don't want to risk ruin in it. The easiest or quickest route to ruining a relationship is forming some bond or connection emotionally with another person. We're going to, definitely not going to do that. And that is probably the most wrong we've ever been about anything. <laughs> we never actually did that, though. <laughs> What? So you, you couldn't know, went like, to an event, just picked up the hottest couple and fucked them. We never did that. You were reading my mind. I'm like, but did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah never did. Go. Well, no, we never here, did. here's my thing. People, some people, and I think it's a, I'm fine with somebody saying I, I want, it's just about sex for me. You know, I, I have my partner. I have my safe place, my foundational relationship. For me, swinging or the lifestyle is just about having some fun sex, no emotions involved. This is probably controversial, but I'm going to say that I don't believe that's actually even possible. Even if somebody genuinely means it, I don't even know what it would look like or mean to say I'm having unemotional sex. There's no connection whatsoever. Because what's the difference there between having sex with that person unemotionally in a sex doll? That's assisted masturbation. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, if you think of the act of sex in and of itself, that's a quasi emotional experience. Yeah, it's I feel a lot of things when I'm having sex with my primary Mostly partner dead. and with my other partner. Not always. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> but I, I have to agree with you. I don't know that it's possible to take complete emotion out of it altogether and make it purely physical. Because how can you, how does that even work with brain chemistry? 
No. I mean, there's very little that's as emotional as sex. Mm-hmm. Even if you're trying, and I get the sentiment, I understand you're trying to protect yourself. You're trying to er- erect some sort of barricade that's going to keep the boogie monster out of your relationship, right? But for me at this point, if there isn't some emotional connection, I'm not interested in the sex, even if I think the girl is just super hot. Now, I would still do it. A blowjob feels good, even if I don't like the person. But it feels much better if I do. Right. And when you're talking about emotions being involved, you're not talking about like falling in love with them or I love this person who's sucking my cock. It's just, I like this person. I would be friends with them. That's an emotional connection. Yeah. So where does that, where is the, what is the defining characteristic of polyamory? What, what, where do you, where have, where can you, and maybe it doesn't matter, but where can you safely say this relationship or this person I'm more polyamorous with them than I am a swinger. We have a theory on that. Do you want to cover the throne room? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll let you cover the throne room. I was thinking about the emotional Mm -hmm. equity, the emotional mental equity. I think that's when we talked about that. If we as a couple would define a relationship as polyamorous, that's when you allow someone to have equal say in decisions, life, sex, relationship as your current primary partner. So like emotional and mental, yeah. Yeah. Reciprocity and equality. Yeah. Equity. So the analogy that that we have kind of always used when we talk about our decision-making process and how, because we've been in the lifestyle for 18 years. So we've had. Don't do the math. Yeah. Don't do the math. (laughs) (laughs) But. You started when you were 12. They let right? schoolers in those clubs. And now we're banned from YouTube. There it is. Awesome. Yeah, YouTube just kicked us off. <laughs> I was the swingingest swinger at my middle school. It, it lasted uh, 15 minutes before you got banned. Talking about the playset, guys. Relaxed. Yeah, right? But it's the throne room analogy for us. If you think about a throne room, any, anything in the universe, except Game of Thrones, there was only one fucking throne in Game of Thrones. But most throne rooms have a king and a queen and a seat for both. What they don't have seats for is the court. The court stands whether they are the ladies in waiting or whether the princes and the princesses, everyone stands but the king and the queen. That is your emotional throne room. In your emotional throne room, there are two seats. And if there are two seats in your emotional throne room, then you are probably swinging. But when you add another chair to the throne room and they too sit at the throne, meaning they have, like Mallory said, equal say, meaning that their opinion, their desires, their emotions carry equal weight with you as your primary partner. So, and that, and in a lot of cases, you know, in swinging, we don't have metamors, for example. So in polyamory, we have your meta for you. So let's say that April, you, Scott, and I were poly. Scott and I would be metas because, and we would all have equal say, but in reality, you have a primary and then a, a secondary, but he and I would be, I'd be metamor to him, meaning I'm the other guy, but we all have equal say. That sounds like a lot of work. That's a shit ton of work. I don't, and no two men tell me what to do. Yeah. Is there one? Yeah. Yeah. That is not one. Yeah. That's why we have two seats in our throne room because I'm in trouble enough with one woman. You think so what you're defining then, you would call that poly, where everybody involved has the equal say in the relationship. Correct. So there's no primaries. Well, you still have your primary, but you, this other person, has weight to them, right? And so, but it's not necessarily maybe their chairs a little smaller. Yeah, not necessarily equual, right? I think you've got equal. You're still poly if somebody else a vote, right? I I mean, and I'm not. We're not 
experts, obviously, in this topic. I, I think some poly people would say, well, I still have my primary, and they carry the weight of the decision-making, us together. But I do have this person who I love, who I have a very strong connection with, and we have commitments to each other in some form or fashion. And they may have some say in my life, or I may let them have some say, but maybe not to the level of my primary partner. And I think they still call themselves poly in those situations, right? Well, yeah, because we've met people that are in a poly quad and they share bank accounts, bills, oh, yeah, there you go. house payments, poly that kind of stuff. But then we've got friends that have, um, you know, the husband and the wife, and then the husband has a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. The wife doesn't. And so he considers himself poly, mm -hmm. but the wife considers herself monogamous. Okay. So I'm actually going to make me hear that I don't think we've touched on yet. You are whatever you think you are. Okay. You are whatever you call yourself, however you identify. Yeah, Just because not, I say it is this way for me, that doesn't mean it's truth. It's not gospel. Well, Just if we're your favorite podcast or your favorite podcast is, you know, something multi-amory, for example, is a polyamory naughty, podcast. Naughty Jim. If you've read Opening Up or The Ethical Slut, and now all of a sudden you have a set of ethos that you think makes you a thing, fuck it, you are. Yeah. Okay. Be yeah. whatever you are. Just because I say this is how I define it, that doesn't mean you're not. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, I'm not telling you you are not. We are discussing what these boundaries look like for us as we look at swinging as relates to poly and what boundaries or blurred lines exist. Right. I think we're going to get into the meat of it because we got into a discussion last night about the different relationship dynamics we have in ethical non-monogamy. And we talked about a couple that we're pretty close with that kind of go outside the traditional thoughts and relationship expectations you might have in in the general swinging place that it's a little more than that but maybe not quite the other either definitely not and but i, I mean that's a great example as a good person you care if you hurt other people you care if you hurt their feelings you care if you leave them out you care if maybe you stomp on some emotions of theirs by accident or you're a real asshole on purpose but i that doesn't necessarily make you poly because you care and i can tell you in our lifestyle relationships i have absolutely hurt the other person's feelings the female of that part by being inconsiderate or not listening or doing any of the dumb shit that i do in my normal relationship so I, I know that I've caused pain and I feel bad about it. That doesn't necessarily make it a poly relationship because I feel bad because I hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. So to, to kind of give a little background, the way we approach a swinging relationship is I, anyone that's a DTF and a little more transactional or tries to take the emotion, like good for you, but I'm probably not a good person for you because I need to feel connected. And the way we describe it is I want to give a shit about you, care about you help tell me your kids names what's going on in your life that's cool but i don't want you to be high maintenance i also don't want to be fully responsible for you because you do have a significant other that's their that's their job right. right and once it starts to become once the work starts to outweigh the benefit of right. the fun it's like eh, okay. or there's heavy expectations put on you mm -hmm. like i don't have the bandwidth for those expectations like i'm not going to text you every day i'm mm -hmm. not going to call you probably ever unless there's an emergency Ooh, dude. Yeah, I'm calling somebody is like, oh my, like I immediately go dark, like dark, like yeah. someplace dark in my head. And when it's just something silly, I'm like, well, don't ever do that again. Stop calling me. Yeah, don't call me. We're, we don't have that kind of relationship. I have that relationship with nobody. <laughs> yeah. If, if Mallory Zoom. calls me, she's mad. Yeah, it's never good. You don't if answer. April calls me, Scott's on fire. <laughs> it's it really, but yeah, I'm probably if Scott more, calls me, he forgot something. Right. I'm more, probably more likely to call Scott though than I am you april yeah, because I mean, i'll be like hey buddy i got yeah. something to talk about for a second because uh 
my thumbs don't move fast enough. My mouth moves a hundred times faster. God absolutely loves talking. If we need to make a phone call, I always defer it to him. I'm like, you need to call this person for me. Oh, when we've done our Zoom calls, Scott and I are a half hour into the call before we ever start talking about what we're supposed to talk about. That tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Entirely our fault. So are these blurred lines that, now, so we kind of covered what we think that is. So let's get specific about Naughty Jim. How, what's you guys' play style and how closely does it, how closely does it come to the line of Polly in an emotional yeah. investment? So it's changed. And that's what I love about this. I think we're highlighting today how fluid it can be and how it's different for everyone. Like you can call it, I hate labels. And so you call it whatever you want. It's just what I am today. But we started, I guess, I wouldn't even say swingers because when I think of swinger, I think of more of that transactional type of sexual. And we were just CNMs, consensual non-monogamous. Like we would find some people that we both connected with and, you know, do our thing. But as the years have gone by, we've found ourselves having deeper relationships with our friends. And I really didn't think it was possible to love, but we do love our friends, multiple friends, not just. Some of which we play with. Yeah. So, but we're not like sharing bills or, you know, anything like that. And so I think Mostly because we can afford to help pay anybody else's. <laughs> but we would love for them if if you want to share. Items. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to help us pay ours, we'll be Polly with you. <laughs> I don't care what you look you like. Polly Daddy. <laughs> uh, that mortgage is a bitch. <laughs> you can probably talk a little bit. Yeah, like, well, yeah, I mean, I kind of view this Polly question as almost like, uh, well, I forget what the Supreme Court judge, when he was asked, they were trying to define porn. They said, well, and he said, well, I don't, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. So some versions of poly, we all would go, yeah, they're definitely polyamorous. You know, they're sharing a house or bills or they, you know, they're all in love. Pretty there's hard some, to miss that. Yeah, there's some things that are obviously poly. And then there's some things that are definitely just swingerish type activity. I mean, if you go to a sex club and within 30 minutes there, you're into a pile of bodies in a room and then you, you go home for that. That's kind of swingerish stuff. But there's a what seems like for us a big gray area in the middle, we don't like either of those two extreme or what we view as extremes. And, like and, and they're not, there's nothing wrong with those. That's just not our style. We kind of, we're slower to play because we really feel like we get to, we need to get to know somebody. For me, I, I need to feel like I'm starting to form some sort of connection or bond with the other person. Now, if you, if I end up playing with somebody, I have no desire to have like you were talking about expectations or responsibilities once we go home. You know, I may see you again in two months and we may do this all over and it may be this wonderful experience, but I have enough responsibilities in my life and I'm not very good at most of those <laughs> to then take on a lo another load of responsibilities is just not something I'm interested in. But, and it's scary because we've talked about this. I do chase that sort of, and you used the word, that sort of, loving sort of, and you know, you, you, I use that word and it sounds scary and I don't mean the kind of love that we have. Nothing could replace that, but I do chase that feeling a little bit. Yeah. I, I love the feeling when you're, if we, NRE or infatuation, uh -huh. mm -hmm. I, if I had to define it, that thing that makes your stomach flutter a little bit and you're like, okay, this could be really hot. And like, I'm, you acknowledge in that moment that you're very attractive mm -hmm. to this person. 
but in a way it almost has very little to do with her looks. It's the engagement you're having right. and the, what you're feeling. And NRE is new relationship energy. Yeah. Correct. I had to Google that a few yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, so that was the question I was going to have for you, Scott, is, is it the serotonin bump from NRE that you're chasing? Or is it the deeper relationship or the deeper connection that makes the physical contact more impactful for you? I think it's both. And I, I could have said, I'm not sure, maybe a year ago, uh, but we do have some close friends that we were very close to now, play partners, but they're also friends or people we go to dinner with or hang out with. And there was, in any play situation, there's, if, if it's a good connection, you're going to have that NRE, but that can start to slowly fade. If you're around that person long enough, it happens in a marriage. You know, what you felt with her is not the same now. It's mm -hmm. deeper maybe, but not newer, you know? So that can start to fade, but if there's something else beneath that NRE, that'll carry on for a lot longer. And, and so I do like both of those because while I, I have had fun with sort of some transactional play sessions that we've had, especially early on in the lifestyle, I can do without them now. I just, you know, there was, it, at first it was new and, oh, we're so cool. We get to, we get to do these <laughs> sex things with other people. It's like, exciting cool? at love... first because you feel naughty. And, right? Yeah. But now we've done enough of that. Hi, my name's Scott. I'm a cool guy now. <laughs> I had the sex. And those guys. Right. And those guys. And those guys. But yeah, now we're just, we're much slower to pull the trigger now. There has to be something under the, a little more something under the surface for us to want to play. I think we've kind of always been that way, right? Yeah. I think I went full steam ahead. I played it slow. I had a lot of questions. I think it was six months from the inception of the idea to the execution of the idea, maybe a little longer than that. And I'll never forget the first time it was of like what? The, just... swinging in general. Okay, okay. But I mean, your first time was epic. It was crazy. <laughs> I would never do this today. No chance. We met two other couples in a club and played that night. Yeah. And it's so not who I am today. But I remember leaving him going, wow, that was fucking awesome. Like, this is going to be great. He's and like, I'm going, no, I know. This is not how it works. You never get that. You never get a four-way connection, let alone a six-way connection. Yeah. And like, it just never works out that way. And you were right. You were absolutely right. But I also think I was, it was the, the newness of the idea and the sense of adventure that came along with it was something that encouraged me to propelled that situation forward. I wouldn't do that today. Well, and I just, plus, I need more than that. When it's newer yeah. like that, it probably blinds you a bit to things oh, yeah. that now those same four other people, uh -huh. you may not have that because now you see things yeah. through a different lens. I can guarantee yeah. you. That it would yeah. not happen today. Well, and it's like when you're a kid and you're learning to ride the bi a bike, you may not necessarily be scared of it right away until you fall. And like, you you don't know what you're getting into. You don't know where this, those hit fears are going to be. So maybe you feel a little more, I don't know, comfortable pulling the trigger a little faster too. Well, I think that's another. And knowing, knowing now what I didn't know then, right? Like, so, I mean, one of the girls had a flipper and she didn't tell me until her feet were over my shoulders and I looked over and there was a what's flipper. A, what's what? a flipper? What is that? She had like some sort of tragic accident when she was younger and okay. she had a flipper. Two things. We need two things. Two things. Like, she didn't tell me and I know now, so it would be a problem. Wow. You were, sometimes your communication is so broken. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to, to do with you. When you say flipper, you make it sound like she had a genetic deformity. That's what I'm thinking. Alter, alter, no, she had an accident and she had a deformed appendage. And to be fair, nobody knew about it until her foot was over your shoulder. 
It was you, a little disconcerting when I look over and I'm like, is that a fucking flipper? You should have to warn people of something like that, flipper, right? Yeah. <laughs> look, before we play, you need to know yeah. I have a flipper. I mean, but did you taste it? Taste the flipper? Smell. Yeah. No, I smelled it though. Uh, what did it smell like? SeaWorld. <laughs> I can't with either of you. Go to your rooms. Yeah. <laughs> to the corners. But no, she had a traffic accident and apparently a lawnmower ran over her foot and literally half her foot was missing. <laughs> okay, well, now I feel worse about this whole yeah, thing. So, yeah, you're a she was having a great time. You warn a motherfucker before yeah. you put it right next I to her. I think she did try to tell you, though. I would. And not in English. Okay, well. She spoke, did she speak in she dolphin? She spoke, she spoke in dolphin. Also, she didn't speak English. So she, she spoke with you. Oh, my God. We're probably going to need to do some heavy editing on this episode. This before might be it. our last video podcast. <laughs> this may be the last ever. podcast we ever do. Oh, my God. No, everyone out there with a flipper is going to message me. And go, How rude do you? <laughs> Welcome to the last Casual Swingers podcast oh, episode. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, so I, I, I do challenge you to swing with me. <laughs> she would win. All right, I'm going to bring us back here <laughs> to the emotional conversation that we were having before we went down into the gutter, but I took us there, so it's fine. When we talk about relationships, our, our primary relationship, our lifestyle relationships, and as we cross over into some of these emotional spaces, there's an another there's another emotional space you can find yourself in. So we were throwing out an acronym like NRE, New Relationship Energy. But there's another acronym that we've used here on Casual Swinger that also has an effect when we talk about emotionally, BMS, Boring Married Sex. What happens? Can't wait to hear this. What happens in the instances where you start to develop those connections and you have that NRE and you're really putting your back into it? You're doing your best to impress this person and show them a great time. And your partner's like, hey, maybe next time, could you brush your teeth before we fuck? <laughs> like, is, is that? I've never said that. <laughs> but I mean, if you okay. think about it, in, in your primary relationship, you fit sex in where you can get it in, right? And a lot of times, it's not necessarily something that we're mindful about or deliberate about. We get it in or we get it in. And then before a lifestyle experience, especially when you start to develop that connection to that person or that desire for that person or that NRE for that person, really give it your best effort. You put on a nice shirt, you maybe, you know, brush your teeth, put on deodorant, comb your hair, but whatever the things are that maybe don't necessarily fall under the fit in where you get in. How do we deal with that? And is that a danger? If do we start to feel envy when we see our people doing that and maybe not, if we don't want to fit in where we get in, I want that too. That's a good point. So can I shorten that a Go little right bit? Go right ahead. So have you ever found yourself being envious of a relationship dynamic you have that maybe has a, that tinge of an emotional investment and now you're comparing it to your relationship? Has that ever happened to you guys? No, I think the closest we've ever come to that was when we did the experiment with our separate dates. And when we were retelling what happened on those dates, he talked about doing something with his date that he had never done with me. And that- Ooh, How'd that go? Well, it, was it, fun. it hurt my feelings. It was really fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It hurt my feelings because I was like, you know, I didn't say anything at that time because I love her. I love him. And it wasn't something that was malicious. It was just something that I was like, oh, I want him to do that with me. But it did kind of highlight when we were going through the separate dating, we're still working on it. We're going to do separate dating that we need to step our game up with each other yeah. and plan elaborate dates for each other. And 
keep that fire going. We have amazing sex, but it's those little things like make a reservation at that restaurant you've wanted to go to forever. You know, drag me down the alley and fuck me against the building, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever it is. It's like those things that you yeah. can kind of recreate that NRE in a, a marriage. But and, but that is a, such a good point. And it requires emotional maturity to take that lesson learned and go, okay, because to your point, it's going to happen. If you do this kind of stuff enough, you're right. As a man, especially, and I don't know if women feel the same way or not, but I, I can feel when you were saying that I want to impress her, whoever that new person is, whether she's there or not, I want to be my best and put on a good show or whatever, yeah, you know, you're standing in the bathroom, having a conversation. Okay, little buddy, we're going to do this. <laughs> you're going to crush it. It's yeah. time to step up little guy. And so we did the, there, there was two parts to that separate date, that thing that I did that you're talking about that I, we had never done. And just, it had been a while since I had put that much effort into planning an original creative date and it wasn't you I was planning right. it for. And, and so we talked about that. That was a, a difficult little thing that we had to work through, but it did. That's one of the benefits of consensual non-monogamy in general is it highlights holes in your relationship. You may not even be aware of, but it became bubbling to the surface because I spent that time, because I did, I wanted to impress mm -hmm. this person. I was getting this opportunity to take somebody new out on a date. She's being gracious enough to allow it. And I wanted it to be fun. And, and so, yeah, then I immediately after that date was over, we planned, I planned a date for us too, but yeah. I, to try and bail your ass out a week. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, honestly, those conversations <laughs> brought us closer because, you know, we realized we had been doing the day-to-day -day stuff and we're neglecting some areas in our marriage. And so I think it did make us kind of step it up and be like, what? And that kind I of thing. Will you still? Yeah. That kind of thing should be obvious. I mean, it happens to the vast majority of marriages over time, the, just a little less steam than there was, you know, those first couple of years. Um, but I, you know, I didn't realize it in the moment when I'm planning this date and, oh, this is, this could potentially hurt her because she is literally watching me put effort into researching the best restaurants or the coolest places to go and in a relationship that's not on a stable foundation, that can drive a big wedge between you two. That could be a deal breaker. Yeah. Well, and I think in comparison to most traditional monogamous marriages, ours is already way up here. And so they would probably look at our normal everyday relationship and be like, hey, that's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. But or that we're totally right. whacked. But like, it just made broken. us aware that we can elevate it even more. Yeah. You know, yeah. we can still continue to put more care in and take it a little higher. Yeah. Because I don't mind coming across those challenges and in a relationship. There's like, there's something that's really soothing about knowing that you have this foundation. Like we talk about no deal breakers. There's no such thing in our relationship. We'll get through no matter what happens. You know, our goal is never to hurt your partner, but it is bound to happen. You're human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think for me... What I found is when I had a hard time using my words because I was really, I went between embarrassed and I don't know what else. I still haven't found that word. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know I'm feeling this thing. We should talk about this thing. But I'm really sad that I have to mention this thing because I feel like he should know it. Mm -hmm. So I vacillated between that. So using the words in those scenarios, oh, so, so much better. Yeah. But uh, now I'm losing my train of thought. 
because I got lost in the emotion of it. <laughs> oh, no, is that what happened? I like when she no, said she lost the emotion. She touched her giant tits, by the way. You guys can see that now. I, now I just got, got lost in the moment myself. Yeah. We too were lost we were in the moment lost of your joke. My, my point was, was going to be, I think I skipped over uh, another piece of info there, but that I digress. That I found that I was okay if he was putting a similar amount of effort into somebody else as he would into me. Because at the end of the day, we're still going to go home, still pay our bills and still be parents and dog owners and all the other things we are during the day. But if I get a feeling that they get more of something or, yeah, something I wouldn't necessarily get, then I think that feels like a threat. Yeah, sure. You know, we talk a lot and we've said a lot of times, we say it about Hedo a lot that going to Hedo will take anything that's great about your relationship and multiply it times 10 and anything battered about your relationship will multiply it times 100. The lifestyle is the same way. Right. The lifestyle is not an answer to a, a lackluster relationship that is is maybe running out of steam to use your parlance. Yeah. It's not the answer to poor communication or maybe maybe there's been some infidelity or there's been something going on. You know, there's a lot of markers in relationships for problems. And the lifestyle is never an answer to a problem. The, nor is poly. Those are not solutions to problems they are new levels of problems that you haven't started fucking with yet it's like having a baby to fix a marriage yeah mm -hmm. it's yeah. not going to work <laughs> it is not the answer and there are very few times that i make statements that are unequivocal that just that this is the way it is but i promise you neither the life store life story it's yeah we're selling shit now like lifestyle <laughs> or polyamory or anything like that are, are answers to challenges in relationships they present new ones so do we see that i mean we just talked about like driving a wedge like that can drive a wedge if there's already a wedge there does it just make it worse yeah I yeah would, yeah I don't, I don't see how it couldn't make it worse if you are going into this and either you or your partner are unwilling to face these challenges and talk transparently about them this is not for you because you know we don't feel like it's a lot of work people will say sometimes being the lifestyle is a lot of work any relationship takes work. But if you are looking at it as work, like, oh, here we go again. We got to talk about this or we got to share our feelings again. That's the beautiful thing to us is we get to communicate. We get to share. We get to overcome these problems. And it makes us feel almost bulletproof. Like, look at the shit we've worked through. Like, oh, yeah. We get excited when we look back and we're like, can you believe some of the shit we've come through mm -hmm. and how good our relationship is now? That's a beautiful thing, Todd. I don't think I've ever thought about this before this moment, but I think the lifestyle in our relationship, Mallory, is the thing we fight about the least. Uh, amen. I think we had a, a knock it down, drag out fight about music the other day, which is rather embarrassing as well. Looking back, but <laughs> I meant get an argument word. about. I music. meant every word I said, though. Can I we get the cliff notes? <laughs> <laughs> can we? Uh, there whatever that argument was about, can we re rehash that right now, please? <laughs> there, there were a few disparaging comments made about my taste in music and my intelligence, so. <laughs> uh, well, you, she was probably right about that. I usually am. Right, she hey, I think yeah. she called me Boomer, too. I got to pee. Oh, great. <laughs> I asked you if you had to right. pee for this. Yeah. All right. Well, so we're just going to continue minus Scott's bladder for a moment as he sits over there dancing. This is the casual poly. Yeah. Scott is no longer here. <laughs> well, you know, what we've covered here today is we've kind of talked about the blurred lines. But what we really haven't covered, and we can cover this from a female perspective, let's just be the Mallory and April show for yeah. a minute. Because I don't have to. Is it a thing in our relationships? 
Uh, and do we seek it? Do we seek uh, that deeper emotional connection? And if you do seek it, how do you have that conversation with somebody that maybe hasn't articulated that yet, that they think maybe this is just a transactional swinger relationship and you're like, hey, I like you and, and we'd like to be closer friends with you guys. How do you have that conversation, April, when you do? And Mallory, how have you had it in the past with people we've been friends with? Are you talking about like as far as like if we're at an event and somebody comes up to us? Like, Just go, know. how do you go deeper? How do you go deeper and get closer to that emotional connection? But still, because we're, we've established this, there's a space yeah. between poly and lifestyle. How do you get there if that's something you want? So just be open to friendship. Like these are these people that I want to go golfing with or play pickleball with or go to dinner with on a Friday night? If so, I'm going to reach out to them. Hey, you guys want to go to dinner? When we're at dinner, hey, you guys want to go play golf? You want to do something? That's how, and it's so hard as adults to form friendships, right? And so, but we've found it so much easier in the lifestyle because people are open to those conversations and they're looking for their tribe. They're looking for people to go hang out with and do things with. And a lot of times with these friends, sex isn't even on the table yet. And we make that clear up front. Like we're just, you know, we're, we let them know we're a slow burn. We just like to get to know you. Mm -hmm. And now we've got like a whole group of friends that we can go do things with. And some of them we have sex with, some of them we don't. But it's not really like a, here's our list of rules for, it's just kind of organic, right? You don't actually sit down and interview them per se. I think especially at this point in the game and how like the culture of the lifestyle has changed everyone kind of presents how they go about forming relationships and what their goals and how they define success are especially if they've been in it for a little while so I think it's just a graduation you know you asked how do you get there it's a gra graduation of opportunity like she said offering to go here do these things a big deal just like in dating relationships traditional dating is going away for a weekend with a couple. I mean, that's a big, that's how you kind of open the door. You're not going to just invite someone that maybe you're DTF with. Maybe you will, but yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. Like I, that's, I'm very, my space is like having people where I sleep is a big deal for me. Like yeah. that's almost like a show of intimacy. Well, thank okay. you yeah. for bringing us into your space. <laughs> Next up, I'm going to sandwich in between you and Beth. <laughs> well, and also like we've got a very busy schedule. And so there's people mm -hmm. like we have friends that we message with all the time, but we haven't really been able to see them in person and that's a way to connect too like so we're building this relationship and if they aren't patient enough to wait around for a time when we can meet up somewhere or go to dinner somewhere then they'll probably aren't in this for the same reason we yeah. are and i think they usually naturally weep themselves out right. like it just works itself out that way yeah yeah do you know we had a, a couple of you know we kind of touched on separate a little bit, the word separate play, separate this, separate that, separate dating. Is separate anything a gateway to the space between swinging and poly? Uh, maybe. Separate texting, it's, separate sounds, phone calls. Kind of, yeah, sounds a little bit loaded because we do separate texting and separate like independent relationships with our play partners, like as a couple. Like I will talk to him directly. Mm -hmm. He'll talk to her directly. Yeah, it's so funny. Been, it's so funny how certain things are terrifying to one couple and feel like a nothing burger to another couple. And we're all so different. Yeah, we don't do separate texting. Yeah. And I mean, we do like with our friends, but it's very like vanilla texting. Like we don't do sexting and stuff like that. We, we don't, don't sect anyway. Well, yeah. I was going to say, we don't, don't do that, in a, we don't do that in a group. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So our, one of the ways we get around that, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say one of the ways we get around is we have a, a shared phone number. That's a separate line. That's true. We don't use it in these scenarios because mm -hmm. I really like as of current, there's only two couples we'd ever really do that with. And I think it really depends on that. 
Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not just a, a blanket statement that we're we do this with everyone. It's a very select few that we have that level of trust and security mm-hmm. with. Which is why I asked that question because of how we look at it. I mean, they, pretty much everything we say is coming from a place of, you know, this is kind of how we think about things. Mm-hmm. And in this particular case, yeah, it's very unique for us, but it should be unique, right? You shouldn't have what, what my, for my part, it's, you know, poly light relationship with everybody. So in those individual cases, what are the markers that make it that thing is separate communication, separate play. And by separate, it could be separate room, separate houses, separate events, separate dating. In my I think the answer is yes, but, and I just want to know what you guys kind of think about that. And if that's something that you're looking for as a listener out there, who, you know, there's only three of them. So if one of them thinks so, but it was two last time we recorded. So we're on our way, uh, 33% increase. That's a big but jump. I know, dude, we're killing it. But if they're one of those people that are going, I would like to have that. How do you, I mean, that's a hard conversation to have because it's very scary if that other person isn't in that mindset, but if it happens naturally and gradually. Is that a way to help that sort of thing happen naturally and gradually if you feel like that's what you need out of that relationship is to start having separate conversations or a separate dating scenario? And if not, how? I, I love you. I lost track of the question there. Dude, that was... <laughs> yeah. Ask your question again, sir. All right. We're going to just shorten that fucking question to you. <laughs> how do we get there? Was it just me? <laughs> no. How do you get there? How do you get from if I want a deeper relationship, or I want a, something that's a little more than swinging, but a little less than poly, mm-hmm. where the fuck do I start? Yeah, I, that's a good question. Oh, first there has to be an agreement between yeah. the two of you that we both, either we both want to try and deepen things a bit with other people or we both don't. Well, we never had that conversation just kind of yeah. organically happened. We never had that conversation. I just want to bring that before the court. It's mildly hot. I'm, not, I'm so broken. But things that happen in, as happenstance by chance can be bad. Lightning yeah. strikes, right? Mm-hmm. That's chance. Well, something you said or earlier science. was that we, we, we'll get through any misstep. So there is no, I don't think you can write an SOP for how to do each different step or variation inside the, under the consensual non-monogamy umbrella. It's going to happen differently for everybody. And you have to have that belief in your foundational relationship that when, and if you, like you said, if we do this long enough, you're going to screw something up. Oh, yeah. When you screw it up, or even if you played like the, this situation she talked about that happened on our separate date, it was well within the rules we had set up. So even if you do things right, some things are going to cause problems you didn't anticipate or expect. You have to have. Ding dong. Pizza's here. What, that's the hooker I ordered. I think it's a FedEx guy. I saw right. him work across, walk across there. And okay. And apparently Scott felt the need to get up and check it. So we're going to see what who came by. What do we, we get? have an unbox. Yes. Right? We, we ordered a new dildo from casualtoys.com. Shameless blues. I don't know what I was saying. Now. What was I talking about? Uh, have to have an agreement. Yeah, you just have to have that trust in your foundational relationship that when something bubbles to the surface, you're gonna you're gonna have faith in your partner that it wasn't malicious, it wasn't intentional, at least most of the time, and that you're gonna work through it. Now is this the opportunity to process the emotions that are that we're hurting from, and then figure out the path forward afterwards. Uh, and if you don't have that belief then maybe don't try that thing, whatever that thing was. Yeah. 
do we think that the fear of where it could end up stops us from deepening those relationships? Yes. Right. That's, I would say a hundred percent. That's my fear. Yes. Sure. I mean, isn't that all of our fear that we're going to have naked and alone in a pile of our own filth? Minus our partner. I don't know that would go that not, far. No, no, no. And I'll never be filthy. <laughs> I mean, not that I was way. really talking about Scott and I, guess. Yeah. I just, well, just, right? Like, I'll take care of my shit. Look, I don't want to be lonely. You guys are screwed. I, I, <laughs> right well, now, I, I don't be, want to be without you. I don't want to be without you. But yeah. Well, I, and I bet, I bet Mickey, you'll resonate with this. I want us to try the separate dating thing because I think it will, I think both of us like the idea of having, you know, a, an intense connection and having, and being able to have those moments with somebody else. But I do also live with this insecurity that I know, no, not think, but know that she could find somebody that at least is traditionally, I don't want to say a better man, but you could find somebody better looking, richer, more, you know, they could take you around the world and show you things I may never be able to do. And I know that's not necessarily what you're looking for, but the immature, insecure mind that we sometimes have of wanting to be that male provider, I know there's better providers out there. So that's the thing that worries me about the separate mm -hmm. stuff. If you're out there. <laughs> 867 5309 contact April today. And that's the end of our separate dating experiments. I, you know, I started to fuck with you when you first started talking. Like, yeah, she totally can. It, then as you, it really became clear to me, that's an extremely vulnerable thing for you. So I stopped and didn't fuck with you because I feel the same way. Everybody knows Mallory's hotter than me. You don't need to tell me. You can stop. Please stop messaging me. <laughs> I know. Stop telling me. I got the message. I know. Uh, but you know, at the same time, I think... There's a part of me, the compersive part of me, wants her to experience those people right. and wants her to enjoy them and get that validation that she is smart, she is beautiful, she is funny, she is interesting, she is engaging, she is an amazing dancer, she does have great taste in music and whiskey and bad taste in men. But, you know, it's, I do want her to have all of those things. I just don't want her to necessarily have them without me at all. Yeah. So that fear, I don't know that it ever goes away. No, I have to agree. And I keep going, I break it down to like a math equation because that's how I can quantify it and like deal with it in the moment is they can have some or even most of those things. And I'd love for you to have that too. They just can't have it all because that's for me. So as long well, as you're wait a what do you most mean? of yourself. They can't. Who can can't only have, have all of like half of my like, day. Yeah. So like <laughs> for instance, as we sit here today, would in, back half. in a over like an overnight situation that's would probably be something that i would not be comfortable with like a, a sleepover in the same bed for me that's a that's a line that's a too intimate but have we been in separate beds with somebody else that we've spooned with a little bit yeah absolutely we've done that but like a, a sleepover that's a me thing that's mm -hmm. for me. that's my intimate spot that's yeah. my safety place but do you think, but do you think that would, might change? Like there's all kinds of things that I would say that like right now I would not yeah. be comfortable with X, Y, and Z with her doing yeah. one of those. But I also recognize that, that may, those may just yeah. be insecurities that just melt yeah. away. Maybe. And maybe it regresses too a little bit. That yeah. happens a lot. And when you've been in the space for so long, it kind of ebbs and flows because sometimes you know, life happens, you start dealing with stuff and you got to pull, you got to circle the wagons, you got to pull it in and, and figure it mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And then you start to take steps forward in one direction or another. And that's okay. We yeah. went through a period of six months to a year, maybe, where we just yeah. put all play on hold and we're focusing on us. And that was fantastic. The best thing we could have done was just 
We were still going to events and still having a blast. We just weren't playing with anybody. And it didn't feel in the moment like a great thing, but in hindsight, it's so easy to see. We progressed, our relationship with each other progressed through that period because it, it gave us time to think through some issues where when you're going to a party or an event all the time, maybe you don't get time to, to process that kind of stuff. But we came out the other side of that so much stronger. And some of the things that, some of the fears I had, even at sep- with separate dating, which was a subject we broached before this pause, now have just sort of seemed to melt away from me. I, and it, it, maybe it was just the time I've had to think through it. But yeah, that break was fantastic for us. Yeah. Maybe it's a little like, if I say object permanence, does that mean anything? It's something that babies learn in infancy, like mom goes away, but she's going to come back. Mm-hmm. I think there's some examples where we still deal with that emotionally. Yeah. Like, is this going to always be this way and always feel this way? Or is it going to get better? Yeah. Is he going to find somebody else when he goes out on a date with somebody else? Is he, they're going to be better than me in some way that's going to threaten my position in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, so I one of the, I deal with that. Yeah. One of the elements of compersion is I hope he's better than me at something so you can enjoy it. Right. <laughs> right. But, but that's not your fear though, is it? That I'm going to find somebody better than you. I don't think you can. <laughs> you were going to say that. I teed that up for you. I to honestly God, feel like I am the perfect woman for him. Wow. I that's do. impressive. I feel like I am Mrs. Right. You are welcome. You are welcome. God, I, I love, love you. It. I know. And vice versa, though. I, I know. But I, found, so what I is, found the right one for me. Right? Well, so mean, what is your big fear? With me. That you won't, you don't realize that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't realize how great you are. But, we uh, are dumb. My biggest thing is vain and physical. That you will be with someone who is much better looking. And feel that attraction. And, and because I, I feel like you do fall in love easily. And I know you hate when I say that. Uh, that's my worry. Can't wait to introduce you to Jack. Oh, God. Jack, uh, Jack, will you, yeah. he falls in love faster than you. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be spectacular. Jack's never met a girl. He, uh, Jack and Kissy. Shout out to Jack and Kissy. Look, I, look, if I have some recreational party favors coursing through my system, I do fall in love with everybody in the room. Well, yeah, that's different, though. I'm talking about if you were, like, solo dating the same woman and forming that type of relationship. I'm not talking about, yeah. like, you know, No, I know what you mean. And, and that's one of the things we've talked about on the separate dating. That we disagree on. I understand why she wants that. She does, she's one of our original rules was no more than two dates, separate dates with the same person. And I didn't like that because I hate the process of finding the date to begin with the swiping, texting, messaging. Oh, this seems promising. It's exhausting. It's not worth the constant effort. But if you do find one of somebody that you have that connection with, I'm not wanting to go out on a date with them every week and be messaging and sending them flowers. I just want to know that there's somebody there that has an interest in me, that I have an interest in them. And once every couple months, we go, you know, play around for a little while. Yeah. I thought about that. Flowers might be a line for me. If somebody sent you flowers, I might get a twitch. Well, like a twitch. I've been sent lingerie. Yeah. I've been sent lingerie by someone we as played with. And that, that was a big deal. Did that bother you? You know what? I had to think about it for a second. It definitely hit me sideways because I wasn't expecting it. But it didn't bother me because of the relationship we have with them. And he asked me first. Yeah. Uh, he did I think ask permission. That would first. bother you. Gifts yeah. is one of my love languages. And it's mm-hmm. not like expensive, yeah. lavish gifts. Just yeah. like leave me a note, something, you know, you find a flower in the yard, pick it, and 
would love send me gifts. <laughs> just just address it to April. You just yeah. you're just using this show as a platform, yeah. right? She has her own affiliate no, code. But on but I really do think that would bother Scott if somebody was sending. I, I well, you never know until you face it, yeah. right? We we think we know how we're going to react, soon, yeah. but we don't. I don't think it would bother me if I knew the person and really liked. And like we, like you said, if somebody asked and it was somebody I liked, if you asked to send her lingerie, that wouldn't, I don't think that would bother me. But if some random guy that you had met in a bar or something, especially if Why does he have our address? Yeah. Right. How much info was I giving him? (laughs) Like if I was separate dating a guy. Yeah. And he sent it and, and then you opened it and were like gushing with excitement i'd be like i don't like this yeah but i do want to give a a small piece of advice for the guys that are out there that are listening to this conversation in this moment so gifts when it comes to because again you're expanding beyond the confines of the traditional swinger relationship and that transactional nature so mallory did get lingerie from somebody when you go to send a gift to the other person's partner don't just ask their partner ask your partner too Oh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> And it, just because they got a gift from somebody else doesn't mean they're okay with you giving a gift somebody else. Ask me how I know. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so we had a situation. So that happened exchange. And then I find out, I don't know, a couple of weeks later that you had sent her a toy. I and replaced I her toy. Okay, fine. It broke. That's it a very important distinction. Yeah. It? Like, <laughs> it was just a business. Yeah. I'm not going to argue this because you remember this way differently than I do. <laughs> My, I, I think I raised my hand and I said, hey, I would have played this out exactly how it played out. I'm just a little put off and hurt by the fact that I didn't get a voice and say in, in the matter. And we're supposed to be a team. And we as a team, we don't make decisions like that necessarily in a vacuum. And I just want to have that transparency. Yeah, well, I fucked it up. Well, that's a good example because if he had asked, you may have said, "Yeah, I don't care." Well, she would have. Well, it wouldn't have necessarily even ne- needed to be permission. Hey, I had this idea about sending so and so this. You think that's appropriate? Yeah, and you would probably have yeah. been okay with it. Okay. What? Let me help you pick it out. Probably made me swing on him is if I heard from her, which about is exactly the what happened. Toy that her oh. husband gave and used on happened. me, and I'd be like. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when you find it out secondhand, it is. And it's, I'm glad I'm not alone. And it's like, sometimes I'm just like. That's what happened. <laughs> like, I just started sweating. Should I not? Because <laughs> yeah. like, I, from I, your I literally <laughs> tried to have that conversation. With her. I know, like, should I not be offended? And like, I really sat on it for a while. I was like, no, I have to have yeah. this conversation because. Yeah, it, it's happening. Okay. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not okay with not having a voice here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, so now you guys know for a fact that on Casual Swinger, I don't just put other people on blast. I throw myself under the yeah. bus. Uh, I can I see remember. how, because I can see Scott doing something similar, though, thinking, well, I don't, she's not going to care. Like, I'm going to send it to her. She got a gift. I'm, uh, of course, I'm going to send a gift. I can see Scott doing that. But going into something like that, knowing he wasn't trying to be an asshole or trying to take your voice away from the situation, I'm sure helped you guys get through that. Not didn't mean it didn't hurt or bother right, you yeah, or whatever. Right, yeah, I just, sure. yeah, for me, it was needing you to know because I assumed and trust you that you didn't do that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That no. there was no nefarious and malicious no. activity that was happening. Obviously, you didn't know that this is the messaging I got from it. And this is how it made me feel. Yeah. That, it's my responsibility to you. And being married to me, uh, there, there's a threshold of mindlessness that she accepts by being married to me. However, 
that doesn't. Are you saying you're a little oblivious sometimes? A lot of it. Yeah. And but that doesn't <laughs> okay. absolve me of having to get my ass handed to me over it. It just means she she knows why it happened. And so it's not like I'm answering for malfeasance. I'm answering for stupidity. Yeah. And I can relate. In, in this case, yeah, it, it really, it sucked okay. because I thought my heart was in the right place and I thought I did all the right things. I just left out a really important yeah. step. And nothing you said there was wrong. You, yes, you did all the right things. Except one. It never, it would have worked out exactly mm -hmm. the same except for that little piece. And when we have conversations like that, the analogy I use, especially if I'm raging upset and like trying to control my emotions as I draw a parallel between murder and manslaughter different crimes person still dead that's right right but you see here's the thing she gets off on the crime of passion thing because she's always so passionately pissed at me that whenever I die <laughs> it was a crime of passion always 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 100 she's it's either she loves me to death or makes sure the death is Im it's just imminent well yeah you talked about earlier too about the you know, you have, we have insecurities, but you also want to see your partner thriving and enjoying themselves. So yeah. that compersion comes in and I'm thinking, I keep thinking about this gift thing now. I, there would be a part of me, the logical brain, the nice guy part of me. I am so glad she is loving that gift. I'm not good at those things. And this person's maybe helping me to need that. I don't, I'm not great at. And then there would be the other part of me. <laughs> And I don't know which one of these wins out in that situation that would just be so jealous and irritated. And then I'd be watching every little thing she did. If she ever touched that gift item, whatever it was, oh, is she thinking about him, you know, or she better not cook with that spatula he bought her. Because <laughs> I will not fucking eat that lasagna. All of a sudden you have like this, like yeah. irrational, like a animosity to towards pancakes because that's the fucking spatula. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what I'm sending April for Christmas. It's a spatula please with my face on it. Always think of me when you flip well, a burger. Well, your emotions just, you cannot think clearly through through intense emotions. Yeah. And you have to take some time to process that. I, I'd say for me, it, it comes down to want versus need. If someone is providing to her things she wants that make her happy, I'm happy. If somebody steps in and provides her something she needs that I can't provide, that is devastating. Like a spatula. Like a spatula. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I'm not I, okay with your gender role. Yeah. That's like Thank the you. commentary there. Or a hammer. Yeah. Well, a the hammer. hammer she will use on me before the spatula. <laughs> I do need a new toolbox. <laughs> April's trying to get her Amazon wish list. <laughs> She's leveraging your show to get. She uh, really is. And has yet to once mentioned a sex toy. You know, I own a fucking store, right? <laughs> Come on, need a dildo, need something. Womanizer. There we go. Womanizer for the win. Well, well we I are, looked up, I, let me say this. I looked up the definitions of polyamory. Okay, let's hear that. And so these are like. Whose definition, by the well, way? Well, so one, like here's Miriam Webster's. Oh, right? that'll be it. Right. So I'm sure. we're not talking, you know, they obviously, they tried to research their thing. This is not an expert in polyamory. This sure. is just the dictionary. The state or practice of having more than one open romantic relationship at a time, which Open, I find it interesting. The romantic part is. Well, right, because that's vague too, yeah. right? Open, yeah. relationship's a vague yeah. word. What does that mean? Yeah. But I also, in the same article, found something that may say it better than I've ever been able to say it, the type of thing that I would like in an ideal situation. So let me find it. Oh, it's, it was, well, one of you, and I think it was you that brought up the word situationships yeah. the other night, right? Yeah. And I'd never heard that word. Yeah. Really? No, never heard it's it. It's trending with the youngins. It's, <laughs> the youngins? Yeah. Now you're making it sound old well. again. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I'm very hip, unless you didn't know that. Clearly. Um, He's wearing bell bottoms right now. Yeah, I'm I'm very woke. So choice. Okay, tell us what situation ship is. Turnt. Okay, Okay, all right. So people who tend to gravitate towards situationships are those who want the emotional connection and intimacy with a partner, but in a compartmentalized way. That they can have the emotional presence and connection in person, but when apart, they can have their freedom. You're not, you're, there's no re- responsibilities outside of that. A situationship can offer a fun, stress-free way to enjoy the benefits of a relationship without a major emotional commitment apart from the in-person part of it. To me, that, that feels like what I've been trying to say. Yeah. I chase a little bit. I don't chase is the right word, but that's the thing I think I would enjoy the most. The transactional DTF type stuff. I can have fun with that a little bit, but it's just not the thing. Definitely not my preferred place style. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I would say situationship is, I mean, it's not something I'd ever heard before we started talking about it the other night. I think it's pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty pretty close. But for me, I need a little more maintenance than that. And I don't want anyone to feel responsible for me, but like in between those times and gaps, like it is nice to get a text like, Hey, how's the family? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be anything overtly sexual. It can be. Mm -hmm. I don't mind flirting over text, but I don't want to have to like tell you good morning, give you all the details of my day necessarily, or hear yours because I love you, but I don't have time for that. I have one person that we are like two ships in the night and can barely get off bullet points before (laughs) bed about how our day transpired. Right. Well, where's so without going, you know, too much longer, because, you know, we have, we've run a little long here, but that's okay. Cause I think this conversation has been great. Where's the line. We talk about things like texting outside of a situation ship. Good morning. Good night. Those are probably good. What about things like I miss you? April. I mean, I'm, yeah, I don't mind. I like, I'll, I've messaged our friends. I miss you when we haven't seen them in a yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. But you've messaged our friends. Yeah. You've never messaged him. Well, we never said that. Do, I, I mean, that, does that cross the line? Everybody took well, a breath. We don't separate message. Yeah, I think. Well, well we've had, a, like you said, some light separate exchanges yeah. before. But he asked a specific question. Like, if you were to see me message a woman separately, mm-hmm. hey, I miss you. How does like, that? I'll make you fucking miss her. <laughs> no, <just kidding. laughs> I missed you with I'm every shot so far. <laughs> Pack your bags. You ain't missing yeah. her for long. No, yeah, that would probably. Yeah, that'd probably get me a little bit. I think it would me too. Yeah. Yeah. At least me today. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be tough. I'm not sure it should make me feel that way. Like, I I, I think there would be a part of me that would go, okay, that's bothering me, but should it? Mm -hmm. And is this something I should now, is this a uh, a thing I need to work on? Yeah. I'm not sure it is, but it. It certainly draws the relationship itself into a focus that might not have been there before. Yeah. yeah. It also may change the messaging to the receiver on the other end. What about you? I would say it's something that obviously if you receive a message like that, you obviously bring that up to your partner and say, hey, this was expressed to me. And of course, or I miss this person too. We haven't seen them in a while. Right. But I want you to know that I'm responding to it and it's not in a context that should create or generate fear or are you uncomfortable with this? Should I dial this back? I think it's, it, that is the type of message that should generate a conversation between right. you and your partner. Yeah, because it can be ambiguous depending on how it's framed, who it was to, how often it comes. Because mm-hmm. I tend to say, I miss your faces. Yeah. And when I talk about my friends, or I can't wait to see your face. I miss you so much. Does um, that take the emotional connotation out of it a little bit? 
But I, I think in and of itself, like it, it's down to the nomenclature. I miss you. Mm-hmm. That could potentially have a deeper meaning right. that that may rock people back on their heels. It may make them uncomfortable. I miss you. How though? Right. Like that would be my question. Yeah, that's- like, Miss you? How and what, what regard do you this? do you miss that dick? Like, <laughs> what, yeah. you, what, in what way? Yeah. So I miss you is a blurred line. Yeah, I think very so. blurred line. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's an answer to that. And it, you could probably, if we thought about it, come up with about a hundred other of those questions. Oh yeah, and, I probably and, could. And that's where, that long and that's where it's so important. I dreamt about that, you. Oof, yeah, there's one. That, I don't know that one. Yeah. Well, I would go. Well, what was the dream? Okay. Were we making pancakes <laughs> with your new spatula? And what or, are you wearing? Yeah. Um, yeah, but you have to have that trust that's, you know, you're going to have those little messages back and forth, even if, if it's a group message True. that may, you may have not meant in a certain way, but you didn't think through before you sent it and, and your partner may feel a certain way about it. So you have to have that trust that I do not believe you mean anything malicious, but at least Scott today would prefer you not have those types of messages. What is the recommended threshold for benefit of the doubt? In this situation with these blurred lines. What do you mean? Uh, meaning that, so you got that message and maybe you responded to it or you, and maybe it, it, did it turn into something it shouldn't have, or maybe you got it and you didn't think anything of it. And then your partner sees it because maybe you share messages or something like that. And then they're like, they're mad. And you're like, wait a minute. I didn't think that was a big deal. I'm sorry. Where's the benefit of the doubt line on that to go, Hey, I was comfortable with you having this separate friendship. How do we determine where that blurred line ends and it becomes a hard line. It's hard. It is. I think you fuck it up a little bit. I think you get it wrong. I agree with you, Mallory. And not not on purpose, obviously. But, you know. It's really tough. And that goes for this space anyway. Well, it's going to be different for every relationship. Yeah, there's always going to be pitfalls and landmines that we don't know about until they present themselves. And you said how much birth and what's the quantifiable source to go, hey, that's too much. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I don't feel like giving you the, the benefit of the doubt. I think we kind of have to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Is well, the benefit of the doubt like, easier it, if you know his partner? You're going to go mad if you don't. It Absolutely would be for me. Yeah, yeah. If you know the other person, does the benefit of the doubt get wider? It, it would be. Well, yeah. If they, somebody I like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, but I, I will say this, that while I may not know what things are going to bother me, there, there'll be things. We're going to push the envelope a little bit and try some new things. But if... I, well, or if I did something and she then came to me and said, all right, look, I know you didn't mean anything, but I, I'd like for you to not do this thing, X, whatever X was again. And then I did it again. Well, now we've, yeah. this is no longer blurred lines anymore. This is uh, you've, this was malicious at this point. Mm-hmm. So certainly if once something, when you're using your words and you address a thing, that thing shouldn't happen again. That's how all of our boundaries have moved though. You make what I guess people would call maybe a misstep, but it's an unintentional thing. And then you discuss it. Why am I feeling uncomfortable? What brought those feelings up? And then you talk through it and then you go, oh, well, it's really not a big deal. That's okay for us now. Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of the difference between stepping in shit and stepping on a landmine, right? Because you step in shit, you go, damn it. I like these shoes too, right? And then you step on a landmine, you lose a leg. Or you die, you're dead, right? It's, I mean, something bad happened. And I think there's a lot of landmines in the lifestyle. I think that blurring lines like this does make the lifestyle harder. It's lifestyle leveled up. But at the same time, there's a lot of positive that can come out of it, especially for people that you're either compersive, which is me, 
or if you are just a generally emotional person that prefers that connection. Well, you say that's it's yeah. lifestyle leveled up. And, and I, in a sense, I agree with that. Certainly for us, I would say. But I, I have met other people that have started their consensual non-monogamy journey with separate dating. Wow. It's, it's like, well, right we, like, yeah, that's, but to them, that was the easiest way. Yeah. This whole idea of like watching, being with, watching my partner be with somebody else, that was a big step for us. We didn't want to do that. So we just separate dated. Oh, so shit. for them, the easier thing was the, to not see it mm -hmm. and that like fucking somebody in the same room was a big step up for them. So while I would agree that I think for the majority of us, the separate stuff is a step up. I don't think it's that way for everybody. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I would coach against that. And I would coach against that because I'm a believer in the idea that what we don't know, if we know A and we know D, we make up B and C. That's the way the human brain works. That's so right. if I out of sight, out of mind something, I'm going to make up the worst possible version of that yeah. in my fears. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. And that's one of the reasons why I suggested um, uh, separate dates is because I don't want to know. I don't want to see. I don't want to know. I don't need to know her. I don't need to be friends with her. I just need to know that you had a good time. She was a nice person. Whatever, you know, I don't, I want, I would prefer that. Because one of the fears you have is, we talked about something similar to this earlier, is for where I go out on this date a couple times with some girl that you don't know. Great. Mm -hmm. Things go great. You don't care. It's all good. But then we're at an event and, and she's there. And yeah. I said, oh, this is. Like if it was like a friend in our circle or something, and now I have to see her at events and him and her have these secret exchanges. They have inside jokes. They have things yeah. that I don't know about. I don't want to see it. Does that increase your level of forgiveness though? Because if you said, I don't want to know, and there's things I don't want to know, I don't want to know. But when you do that, and then you find out something that you didn't know, and then you're like, you should have told me that I need to know that. Right. I mean, does that increase your forgiveness level for that? Does it give him a wider berth since you told him you didn't want to know? Yeah, I'm a pretty forgiving person. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I trust that he wouldn't do anything intentionally malicious. Okay. So the benefit of the doubt gets yeah. wider yeah, since you said, I sure. don't want to know. For but sure. if you're a person that does want to know, then Open your mouth. Yeah. Say everything. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you're a guy, I mean a girl that we don't know, <laughs> and you're really attractive and you like bald older guys. Hey. Right. There you go. Well, I you don't want older women. Maybe, maybe she likes younger guys. Well, I'm not one. I'm talking about for me. Yeah. Saying, Scott's 21 though. Older woman? I didn't No, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying I'm an older guy, so they have to be okay with me being 51. Welcome to the semantics portion of the show. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So. See how things can be easily misunderstood? <laughs> we're going to have a talk about We're going to watch this show. back now that it's recorded, and I didn't say anything about not liking older women. <laughs> and I'm going to feel so vindicated by that. By the way, every woman 52 and up that listens to this show is now called you an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're an attractive, attractive tall guy that I do know and have some respect for, you might want to call her. Also that he does know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think we've covered uh, a lot of different angles, a lot of different subjects here, and it's all been kind of around the same thing. The blurred lines between swinging and polyamory. Was there a definitive answer here? No, because there was never supposed to be. This is not something that there's a one size fits all or an answer for everybody. That is the entire point of the episode. The blurred lines will be different for you than they are for Mallory and I or Scott and April. 
And we are making mistakes as we go through this 18 years, still fuck it up. She still gets mad at me all the time for things I do, things I don't do, or things I didn't think I did wrong till I found out later. It happens to all of us. Mallory, for the record, I think you're nicer than you're coming off in this. Oh, no, she's amazing. She's the most forgiving person in the world. It's all the things that occupy my brain that I don't say and do in response to this life that oh, we yeah. live. I think that's really where my martyrdom comes in. Yeah. 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 Well, and having that's, to live with me. I'm a train wreck. Yeah. So, you're so, yeah. a delight. A, I am. But this has been a blast. So do us a quick favor, remind everybody if they want to go to Be Better at Being Bad Week and they want to, or maybe join Naughty Gym and, and stop being a fat ass, I'm a fat ass, I can say it. If you guys, if somebody wants to get closer, get connected with Naughty Gym, how do they do it? How do they find you? How do they book Be Better at Being Bad Week? Well, let me say first, you've lived an impressive journey since we last really saw you. First time we met you guys was in Miami at PCAP. And I think you weighed 1,114 pounds. Just about. <laughs> and I don't know how much weight you've lost, but you showed me a picture yesterday. I don't even recognize you. So kudos to you because that is not easy to do. Thank and, you. But yeah, if somebody wants to join Naughty Gym, it is a legitimate, it is, this has, it really has nothing to do with consensual non-monogamy other than the fact that it is a community full of consensually non-monogamous people, but it's a legitimate, serious strength and conditioning program that will help you lose weight, get in shape, be healthier, all that sorts of stuff. If you want to join uh, Naughty Gym's membership program. But. Yeah, that's NaughtyGym.com. And then if you want to join us at Be Better at Being Bad Week in Hedonism, you can go to our website, www.naughtygym.com and click the link through there. But all booking is done through Hedo. So just go to hedonism.com, book January 4th through the 11th, 2025, and uh, you'll join us there. So if you're there, you'll be better at being bad. And you will see these guys and a bunch of other creators and influencers and people in the space, intelligent people, and us. Okay. Notice I left us out of the smart people part. <laughs> no, very smart. I guess I'm guilty by association. Oh, no, you're much smarter than me. We all know that. All right. Well, hey, I think this thing's probably gone on long enough. Hopefully people are still hanging out and having a good time. Now you know how to be better at being bad. Mallory, you want to tell everybody how to find us? Oh, shit. All right. We are Casual Swinger everywhere. Casualswinger.com. You can find us on social media, which is Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Hello, just now. Yeah. And we're also on the dating sites. That's SDC, Cassidy, and SLS. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been us with Naughty Jim talking about blurred lines. Thank you for listening to Casual Swinger. <laughs> <laughs>